Tony Zaret here. I just want to congratulate James and Brian on a whole year of their podcast, 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking. Enjoy this episode of 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking. And, and don't go woke. 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking. 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking. I'm using Hong Kong as an example because for the longest time, the only building in Hong Kong that had air conditioning was the bank, the central bank. And then as climate change became more prevalent, more people started getting air conditioners and it just becomes a feedback loop. And it's just, you know, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy your 70 degrees now, Jason, because in 10 years you're going to be fucking for it. All right. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I hurt the, my back at work. And yeah. so I have a lot of downtime. So I just spend that like reading and like every other job like this I've ever had when it's slow, I just end up reading news sites all day. I'm reading CNN, the guardian Politico, Jacobian, and there's just really not a lot of happy stuff going on there. No, when not last really. Time I had a job like this. It was the pandemic, so I'm reading about how they're just you know putting bodies in hot dog freezers mm. in New York City, and now I'm just sitting around just like reading about like, hey, so you know you can like boil an egg in, in the side of your ass in New Orleans, and I'm like, cool, cool, that's normal, normal hell world we have here. Yeah, we're gonna get in trouble for saying hell. Isn't that what? No, it was geo hell that you're gonna get in trouble for saying. Why? Why? why he's litigious. For? The guy. Who did the... Don't geo hell my wife. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> What's going on with you, Jason? Uh, you know, we're 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 hanging out here. Just got back from Steve's Hot Dogs, a little place down the jo- down the road there. A nice little joint. Uh, they were doing a Hot Dog Day, and I ate a. Uh, 311 was so much better than the urge that the only way Steve could keep rubbing nickels together was to open up a hot dog joint. Well, I'm glad he did because his hot dogs are great. But, I've heard uh, they're amazing. They're really and good. Steve's a great guy. I'm he just, is. I, I, I but got but to... it's, it's funny how many people in me be like, man, 311, if they had not existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a different story. But yeah, man, the, the Stellar Hog Dog, which is a phrase. <laughs> that was a new one for me. But Stellar Hog, the barbecue joint, really enjoyed the the addition there. But it wasn't pulled pork on the dog. What? It was smoked chicken. Okay. I'm into that. Which I thought was a thing you weren't supposed to do. I thought that was like a forbidden combination. You don't put chicken and, and, and hot dogs in the same thing, but apparently not. So it was no. good. No. Did you, um, do you remember when food trucks first got big in St. Louis about, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we had our classics like, you know, Soul Taco was one of the first ones, mm-hmm. um, Grill Street Food. R.I.P. Probably the greatest thing ever to be in a street truck. Right, because wasn't that like Brazilian food? Uh, no, uh, Filipino. Filipino. Yeah, so good. There was this um, one that did hot dogs, and they okay. were like the first place I ever saw a hot dog that cost more than like six bucks. <laughs> yeah. And I remember me and someone else 
we were out somewhere. I think it was like New Year's Eve on Grand, like near uh, the Fox Theater. They have like the, like the little night thing there. Yeah. And we're just fucking starving. And we see the this food truck that looks like an old timey like like workman's van from like the 30s or the 40s. <laughs> we're like, right. oh, okay, whatever. And like we get our little fancy hot dogs. I had this one that had like you know applewood bacon. They actually had like slices of apple in it. And it was oh, like nice. really fucking good. But we're staying there. And we're staring at this truck, and we realize there's just like a bunch of like Bible verses painted on it. Oh no! And uh, we're just oh, like, no. oh, oh no! Well, yeah. I I kind of wish I hadn't tipped so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's like, oh, what are we giving our money to? A strange, because yeah, now now hot dogs are fancy. I think I paid eleven dollars for the one I had tonight, but it was delicious. Yeah. I think it was worth every penny. But but yeah, it's. Uh, They've gone from it's just like the lobster thing. They go from like trash food to like something sort of upscale. Yeah, if you put stuff on them, I think that's what happened there. Uh, it's forty-eight minutes. Dogs barking. By the way, my name is Jason. This is Brian. Hey, this is season two. You're now officially two. in season two. Still, I have no female guests. <laughs> Not a single one. <laughs> 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 Not yet. I think is the phrase. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> what, girls use the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, there is a there is one of that that old uh, internet lore of like there are no girls on the internet. It's it's just men that get their their post count negative enough to transition. Exactly. Well, one of the things we like to do on this show is to document trends. This started blowing up in the past week. I didn't think enough about it to include it on last week's show, but you heard of Skibbity Toilet, Brian? I've seen it. I've seen a little bit of the discourse. Yeah. Uh, I kind of don't give a shit. Like. It's just a series of animations made with Gmod. It looks yep. like it's it's exactly that. That's it's Gmod, but it's going it's going nuts, man. There there's like, let's see here, a guy named Defuck Boom who was one of the first ones to do it. His videos have been viewed more than two point two billion times on TikTok. Um, it's a whole thing. And now I've even seen uh, Skibbity Toilet plushies on Amazon. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. Like, TikTok is such a weird thing for me because, like, I will see, like, the olds, like, referencing something on TikTok about, like, hey, we've got to, like, raise money for this kid, for his family, because he did the plastic bag challenge on TikTok <laughs> and died. And you're like, I don't know yeah. if this is real or not. I yeah. don't, and I don't want to spend the time, like, like my girlfriend downloaded TikTok. Yeah, and she was over the other night, and I'm like working on something, and she's it's just just it it all sounds like casino noises. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just like the ice cream so good, lady. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> I'm like I, I I I if I ever start a TikTok account, uh-huh. just just get the captive bolt gun <laughs> and ask me if there's a difference between being good and being bad. Okay. The and... D- ranch and cool ranch, which is better. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that this, like this guy, you know, the uh, fuck boom is an actual animator. He's got, you know, a lot of years of experience under his belt. He's using source engine, which Gmod is, is built on Yeah. to make these characters, which if you've not seen it, Skibbity toilet is a, it starts with a guy with his head coming out of the toilet doing a dance to a Nelly Furtado remix. Now there's legions of toilet head people right. fighting camera head people, and it's a kaiju movie now. Like It's a very strange evolution of this thing. The episodes, whole, like they call them seasons, but it's like you know 30-second videos. 
published yeah. all it, intermittently. It's just, it's a baffling little subculture. But I say little, but like you know, two point two billion views on TikTok. Yeah. You know, there's there's ten year olds who just like are obsessed with this stuff, and there's entire wikis devoted to it. Like it's just, just it's it's insane. And it will continue to be because now we got articles in fucking Newsweek doing explainers on it. Here's this one. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Ryan Smith. Each episode sees the baddies battle it out with a group of adversaries that, at least in the skibbity toilet world, look more conventional. People whose heads consist of hardware items such as cameras, speakers, and televisions. The series sees each side gain the upper hand, then power is wrestled back control by the enemies, and all of the action takes place without any dialogue it kind of fits that thing you know how mr bean is real popular in a lot of different countries because there's no language barrier to enjoying it right there's not a lot of dialogue right and so it's (laughs) it's this horrifying like gmod guy with his face in a toilet and these exaggerated facial expressions and just now there's toilet tanks and i feel like I've seen these a long time ago. Really? Before they got popular. Like, some of this looks really familiar. Hmm. And I was just like, oh, yeah, people doing weird shit in Gmod? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing it forever. Yeah. 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 So it was a parody of a parody of a parody. So there was someone on TikTok doing a dance to this this remix, and then he did a parody of it in Source Filmmaker. And quote, he says, easier to access different assets and a great interface. I know how to animate as well in Blender, but the whole process, including lighting and rendering, would take three times as longer. You've got that classic source engine lighting. You mm-hmm. know, you can tell just by looking at it that it's source engine, just because of the way things are lit and all that. Yeah, yeah. he's using the civilian yeah. from C-17 models. and Welcome to C-17. You're, you'll be uh, assigned the toilet <laughs> by our generous benefactors. <laughs> Exactly. Don't drink the toilet water. They put something in it. Parker Malloy, in in their newsletter, The Present Age, writes about, uh, you know, the the title of it is, Are the Brands Okay? We've referenced, of course, the Grimace Shake, but the thing that came up this week was Pizza Hut on threads decided that they were just going to bust out and go nuts, and their post is, quote, What's your favorite part of pizza? Mine is the stuffed crustussy. (laughs) Following the age-old internet tradition of adding the suffix U-S-S-Y to the end of something uh, you would want to put your dick in, th- that's uh, the stuffed crust ussy, uh, of course. I would never fuck Pizza Hut. It's too greasy. Yeah. You know well, especially the stuffed crust. That's cheese. You're not putting yeah. your, you're not going I don't know. I'm more of a Papa John's guy. I know that yeah. makes, if I'm going to buy big box pizza. Yeah. I like the Domino's that comes with the garlic crust. That's okay. the only reason I like, and because it's like six bucks for medium, so I get oh yeah, a couple it's, of them. it's 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 fucking put it in my fucking trough. I'll eat it. I'll oh, eat that yeah. garbage. Yeah, yeah. Like seven bucks for medium, and it has garlic crust. I'm like, okay, yeah, and, and it's like I can walk there. So that's so naturally. This is again Parker Malloy in the uh, the present age. When Pizza Hut started talking about stuffed crustussi, my first thought was, wait, what do they want us to do with the pizza? Amy Brown, who used to run the Wendy's Twitter account, responded with an edited version of a well-known drill tweet. It reads, another day volunteering at the Pizza Hut Threads account. Everyone keeps asking me if they can fuck the pizza. Buddy, they won't even let me fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, someone references the classic Donald Trump ad, which was for the stuffed crust uh, pizza, which is him and his soon-to-be ex-wife 
eating the pizza backwards, crust first, which is sacrilege. I'm sorry. I've never seen anyone do that. <laughs> that it's, that is it's unnatural. That's that's the kid that has to like walk the hallways before everyone else in class behavior. <laughs> it's filth. Ron DeSantis supposedly captured on film going mmm hungry on on Twitter. Of course, this this was debunked. It is actually fake. Uh, it is from and I hate these the bad lip reading videos. Oh fuck me! Yeah. Yeah. Fuck! Yeah. God. Yeah, I know. Th- that shit hasn't been funny 15 years? Yeah, for- forever. I mean, like, the f- I think it topped at, like, the bad, like, you know, Carlos Santana. Yeah. Because, like, Carlos Santana is already bad lip reading. He's kind of worth uh, mocking, at least, a little bit. You know, he's kind of... I feel like they probably played smooth at Guantanamo a few times. <laughs> <laughs> at least 10 times. Two-minute video... DeSantis for president with the bad lip reading people. Peace in question. Comes in 22 seconds in. Cold plate of vinegar over there. Uh, hungry. You know what you can eat? COVID. Why don't you slowly step into a freight train? I would like that. But it's all the stupid, the same stupid bad lip reading shit of, of them going like, here's a rat carcass. Like no. things that like, just no. like are unfunny. Who's, who wants to fuck my octopus? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. My, hair's, my hair smells bad. Well, the worms went bad. You know, just like... I'm full of shame. <laughs> and I mean, Rob DeSantis is an endlessly mockable human being. Right. Wears lifts. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Responded to the rumor that he once ate chocolate pudding with his fingers. Like, why would I do that? It's sugar. Like... <laughs> Just, That's right. Trump is going to absolutely destroy him. Yeah. In the primaries. Yeah. There's no, I mean, I hate Trump with every fiber of my being, but I can at least recognize that he is the master of just like putting someone down. Like, oh, he yeah. Can, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like what he did to Elizabeth Warren both times. <laughs> you know, the one that the tweet about, <laughs> about, about, about how she looks over to her husband and says, glad you're here. Like, what do you mean? He lives there. <laughs> Which is such a, like, yeah, I would probably say that, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> or, like, when she did the 23andMe oh. and lost her line about having Native American heritage. Right. And, you know, and then people were, she was like, well, I did. And Trump said if I did it, uh, yeah, he would give a million dollars to a charity. And, like, that yeah. same day, said, someone, someone in the Rose Garden, like, asked Trump, like, after a press, a press event. About it, and he goes, "Who cares?" Yeah, which is which is the right response. It was like, "Who gives a shit?" I think that's the only way to deal with some of these inflated egos, and I think uh, Ron DeSantis is going to have a real hard time coming up against that. Yeah, there's, <laughs> he's going to. There will never be a funnier president than no. Donald Trump. No, and again, vile human being, uh, absolutely funny. funny, absolutely reprehensible. Stares up at the sun during an eclipse. The dumbest guy on earth. But Tim Apple. <laughs> Right. <laughs> saying his hands aren't that small um <sighs> fuck him with the map of florida where he's like oh, this is where the actual gonna... <laughs> taking like the fema or like the weather service map yeah we'll see fucking do or the fucking minion halloween <laughs> puts the chocolate bar on top of the kids he's, like, he's like who gives this sucks he's right it sucks yeah yeah He's right. None of this matters. It sucks. It's all bad. <laughs> it was like a, you know, like a Larry David bit, like yes, every other week. Yes, it was terrible yes. and racist, but it was a Larry David bit. Yeah. And I'm not saying it was good that he was no. president, but uh, 
boy, there were some really macabre laughs in between some, yeah, all of the you know real stacking of dead humor. bodies and the yeah. deportation of of dreamers and you know all all the terrible things. Every once in a while, there was just like, <laughs> yeah, life is kind of fucking awful, isn't it? Yeah. So speaking of life being awful, this headline got me. This is uh, courtesy of Garbage Day, another wonderful newsletter that I subscribe to. The headline is, A Zootopia-Obsessed TikTok Furry Found a January 6th Insurrectionist. <laughs> so, Ryan Broderick writing here, If you understood all the words in the title above, congrats. You've graduated from Garbage University. You can no longer function in normal society. <laughs> Your diploma is in the mail. For the well-adjusted readers going cross-eyed trying to work out what's happening here, let me explain. TikTok user at JudyHopsLover69, who is a furry who worships fictional cartoon character Judy Hops, the rabbit cop from the movie Zootopia? Yeah. According to a recent video of his, he was using a catfish account of a woman named Judy and matched with a man on the conservative dating app The Right Stuff. The guy bragged about being at the Capitol on January 6th, but also told Judy Hopps Lover 69 that he was planning on killing President Joe Biden and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez if the chance wrote, quote, I think I need to report this guy to the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Unclear if he did, Broderick writing. However, because all of his most recent videos are just more thirst posts for Judy Hopps. So... <laughs> And yes, this video is is very strange because the, like weird conservatism with Zootopia sex freaks is Yeah. Do you remember the weird abortion Zootopia cartoon? Oh, yes, it's wonderful. Yeah. Gross and awful, but still. So the entire text of his response by the way, coo, little lady, I think you misunderstand. This wasn't a coup. This was a freedom march. I, I'm tired of looking at this person. I know, I know. This, this was the last. This was the last key holder of a Hollywood video. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Sandusky, Ohio. Oh God, coup, little lady. I think you misunderstand. This wasn't a coup. This was a freedom march. I look back on it as often the best day of my life, and really wish I could relive it. Obviously, there are things I wish I had done differently. Was it peaceful? Yes. But if I'm being honest, I wish it had gotten violent. I wish we had taken America back by the ball sack like God had intended for us to do. And maybe then we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in now. Just between you and me, I had a rope, duct tape, a hacksaw, and a hammer in the trunk of my car. Special tools reserved only for if I was able to get my hands on AOC or Joe Biden. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. There's a real darkness in the, the heart of America, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> there was a guy posted here on, on the old Twitters there before. It was one of these engagement farming posts, right? A woman named Morgan asks, what was your craziest first date? This guy at P-Train 67 invited a Colombian woman on vacation without meeting her first. Now we're getting married. The community notes since December have been updated to say the user who posted this tweet is now charged with murdering the woman in question. <laughs> Pretty much the only how it started, how it's going uh, that that uh, uh, 
That was what seven months. It didn't take very long. Um, wow. Um, interesting. I you said that was funny, and that was good. Well, fair. Uh, maybe <laughs> I thought maybe in a gallows humor sort of way. I mean, it's, I guess it's that's kind a, of funny. I guess in the sense that people are so terrible. He looks like uh, Pam's boyfriend from The Office. <laughs> oh, Roy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. But it was also just. The... But he's also making a gym face at the camera, kind of. This oh is really, man, this is getting deep. We're getting. And then Morgan, the the person who initially asked the question in February, responds, "What the fuck happened here, dude? What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. that's a that's a community note that I was not prepared for. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, and then one last bit of of Twitter nonsense before we get on to the to the real shit. Uh, I wrote this down as simply tree law. So we know that the WGA have been on strike for a while. SAG after just joined them, and the LA City Comptroller has now chimed in. Apparently, outside of the Universal lot, uh, the outside Universal Studios, where workers, writers, and actors were exercising their right to picket. Here's the the trees. Those trees were trimmed so as not to provide any shade. Lovely. Mm-hmm. The L.A. City Controller is now investigating the tree trimming. The trimmed trees are managed by Los Angeles City. So uh, whoever did that didn't have authorization to do so, and they may be facing a, a lot of fines and possibly some jail times. Trees can be trimmed, this here the L.A. City Controller saying, trees can be trimmed by Streets L.A. Urban Forestry Division crew as part of its trim cycle. A business can also obtain a permit. Trees should be trimmed every five years. This was not one of those situations. So uh, it wasn't time for it, cool. and they didn't have a permit. So cool. yeah, The disgusting fucking pig people over there <laughs> at Universal were peak fucking warm brain moron Reddit fucking... <laughs> baby food content loser bullshit we're at mm. the peak of that mm -hmm. it probably could have been some guy in a, you know a fucking bazinga shirt <laughs> he's like, like i want my content oh, oh, oh get back to work oh that's painful because i i can see it happening i yeah. can see that being a thing like some, some you know some guy who's just like this is gonna ruin my movies I don't know, man. I saw, I saw the uh, the awful clip from the Flash movie that everyone. <laughs> Which one? Uh, I mean, they all look pretty bad, <laughs> but the one where I guess all the different multiverses—they're like in some sort of weird coliseum area, and it's just going through all of the IP. Like, yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, it does not look great. Um, it, they even did uh, Nicolas Cage. They didn't bring Nicolas Cage in to do a shot. They're just like, here's a bunch of photos of Nicolas Cage plastered onto a, a CGI face. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, um, it's, you know, I'll admit, I even was kind of on some level thinking like, oh, this is interesting. Like, right. This, maybe this could not be a terrible movie. But then the first couple people I've read talking about like i went to see midnight screening i advise not ever interacting <laughs> with this i'm gonna do it i'm gonna watch it but uh, <sighs> i will watch garbage that's the thing it's i'll like, watch garbage but there's there's a like i'll watch bad superhero movie garbage but there's like like thor Lo love and thunder was like i gotta have some self-respect for myself again yeah okay like and i i don't so 
<laughs> I'm fine. I'll, look, uh, you know, it's, I'm not going to enjoy it, but I'll watch it. You know? like, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, maybe I should just go full pretentious, get a subscription to the Criterion Collection streaming right. service, yeah. and just like watch French New Wave and fucking smoke Reggie. And, <laughs> you know. yeah. Do it right, I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, the fucking Tivoli ain't going to be doing it again. People are like, oh, the Tivoli. Folks, in case you didn't know, <sighs> yeah. our lovely art house theater in the Del Mar Loop here in St. Louis, uh, the Tivoli has been closed since the pandemic. The building it was in was bought out by a church. Yeah. Uh, bought from uh, old red-faced man himself, Mr. Del Mar Loop, whose uh, name is escaping me. Joe Edwards. Joe Edwards. You know, people are like, oh, the t- Tivoli's opening up again. But yeah. like, yeah, well, it's now owned by, instead of being owned by Landmark Theaters right. and Joe Edwards, it's now owned by this very hyper-conservative church with very awful anti-LGBTQ preferences. And so you're not going to be having midnight screens of Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> no. You're sure as shit ain't going to be seeing midnight screens of uh, Cannibal Holocaust or... Right. Weird 3D pornos like disco dolls and hot skin. Nope. No, it's mm. it's going to be like fucking like Marley and me. Or you're going to get like, you know, Sound of Freedom. I don't know. It's a fucking bummer. Like I was trying to explain to my girlfriend like how cool the Tivoli was. And I think the only thing we got that comes close right now is the Arcadin. And, and because they're really, they're doing repertoire kind of deals like yeah. they're they're playing old 70s stuff and they've got you know vhs nights and they've got this and that so i mean there there is sort of a replacement but it's not the same no it's, it's, it's not, not the, same. the same i wish and um the front knack is a poor substitution because oh yeah first you have to go to the 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 scared white lady mall, <laughs> the the uh, the most obnoxious white people part of town. The, the, you know. Yeah, we went to see Death of Stalin. This is the only movie I've ever seen there. I think it was the Death of Stalin, and was like, yeah, I don't ever need to come here again. And like, yeah, I, I used to work in that area, and I stopped at a candy store there mm-hmm. to get something for my mom for Mother's Day, and it was like people could just tell, like. He's from North County. <laughs> oh no, he's, he's River Trash. Yeah, you know people are you know taking their their couture yeah, all the way clutching, up to the <laughs> they're clutching it to their yeah. chests and so yeah, he's yeah. River Trash. You know yeah. he's steering well clear of you as you're going. Yeah, so yeah, they, I can they can they so they'll get your stink on them or something. Yeah, you know? he smells like regular soap. <laughs> all right well that tells me it's time for crypto scam of the week you're listening to 48 minutes of dogs barking the podcast and now it's time for the crypto scam of the week what we got chief oh buddy zach xpt good friend of the program is uh doing does he, that does thing. he know that he's a good friend of the program or that we're it's just... unrequited he doesn't know <laughs> or that or is it just that we it's... we we just use his his hard work as content for the show person that we go to the well quite a bit on let's yes. say that um, a community member yes he has dropped an investigation about a canadian fishing scammer known as soup pulling off a scam by pretending to be a guy from Decrypt, which is a crypto media firm. We've featured mm-hmm. some of their stories on the show as yeah. well. Soup recruited members of crypto teams to join a fake Discord channel that was posing as Decrypt in cooperation with other scammers. He then duped them into providing information as part of a fake application and interview process. Using that information, he then launched a phishing attack 
in an attempt to acquire their Discord token for the various protocols. He got Pika, stole 220000 in crypto by publishing a malicious link in the announcements channel. The next day, they got Orbiter Finance and got away with an additional 760000 via another fraudulent link. 30% of the stolen money, this is courtesy of Cryptopolitan, 30% of the stolen money, of which 7.5 ETH were found in one of his known addresses, was received by Soup. He managed to gain over $1 million from his scamming ventures. He spent some of the money to purchase unique five-figure Roblox products. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, Zach XPT also noting that he was part of the heist of the Mutant Ape Yacht Club NFT number 21080. He partnered with Faint and minted a fake Mutant Ape Yacht Club and traded it for the real one and then sold it to the victim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, early this year, January, Soup also stole CryptoPunk number 6983. So uh, Soup... Stealing, stealing a CryptoPunk? Uh-huh. So it looks like Zach XPT managed to get one of Soup's addresses through an just accidentally. Soup was, let's see here, proving the ENS address purplelobster.eth was under Blue's control. Blue was another scammer that Zach XBT had uncovered last week. That address showed that Blue had sent Soup ETH worth $25. In addition, Blue, YouTuber turned NFT scammer, was linked to Monkey Drainer a man who was accused of stealing $24 million in digital collectibles and bragging about it online. I believe we mentioned Monkey Drainer in a previous episode. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. Yvonne Kiambi, who writing for Cryptopolitan, does note, the first half of this year saw several crypto schemes and rug pulls, but a noticeable fall in schemes. Scammers made 77% less money at this time than they did the year before. The total amount lost is lower than the previous year, despite a 49% rise in financial transfers to the perpetrators of impersonation scams, showing fewer crypto investors are falling for such schemes. Uh, I don't think that's actually true, but <laughs> maybe they're just not publishing it. I, I feel that's like fucking that's, wild. Yeah. The same guy was involved in all this stuff, and, and he knew the other guy who, you know, just, I guess it's all the same people, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of scams that you start seeing things are really familiar, certain roadmaps or certain phrasings and all that. And like, so there's a lot of times shitcoin gets launched and people are like, I don't know, this sounds like such and such that rug like a couple of days ago. It sounds like the same team. That's just fucking wild. It's just kind of like for what almost a year just going hog wild <laughs> yeah, like buying fucking words, roblox <laughs> uh, fucking paste eater uh, it, it wasn't just any roblox thing it was let's see here super flyer 6312 it was the yeah dominus Fridigius was a limited hat <laughs> a hat well i'm i mean at least it wasn't in tf2 i guess there were only seven of these hats ever made, so, you know. Five figgies for a hat, dude. Amazing. Miss me with that shit. <laughs> and then the fact that he was involved with, with stealing the mutant ape. Yeah, it says, we'll show proof with Addies here. Check where the MYC sold to and look at Addies on Etherscan. 
I hit with pseudo yesterday at 4 a.m. <laughs> I made that for real. Uh, so, yeah, he, he got somebody with a very easy exploit. Let's put yeah. it that way. Sucker game, a sucker bet, like a lot of crypto stuff is these days. Amazing. Just baffling. Um, so, yeah, that that was the one that I thought was, was most interesting this week. And, of course, Zach XVT laying it all out in, in Twitter form. Clear as day, baby. <laughs> you can look at you know, look at the URL. Yeah. And Some people just aren't fucking paying attention. That's crazy. Because is that what it is? Is it you know? Is it just that people are, cont- you know, content or or complacent, or is it just? Is it good conning or is it bad victims? It's bad victims. <laughs> I think a lot of the crypto space. A lot, there's very few people like. You see someone that has like a million dollars in fucking shit coins and Ethereum in their wallet. If you watch that wallet long enough, you will see them like accidentally just piss away 50K. Just on bad trades or bad just... trades. Okay. Okay. Like buying the top of a fucking shit coin that then rugs, not buying at the right time, becoming the exit liquidity for either the fucking shit coin community or for the devs or influencers, you know, just being a bag holder. Yeah. yeah, uh, it's, yeah. There's a reason why they call crypto the fucking casino. There's fucking guys out there who spend all day fucking doing, you know, technical analysis, looking at high time, high time frames and low time frames and like never make a fucking buck. But there's like someone that probably bought SHIB, put down like 500 <laughs> bucks right. in like late, to, uh, you know, 2020 and like realized like that summer, like, oh, I've got like a couple million dollars here. Jesus. Yeah. And some of those guys will be smart and they'll fucking cash out. Right. And they'll never fucking look at crypto ever again. <laughs> yeah, and I would too. There are people that. that will fucking will that shit down until they've got like 50K left and be like, oh, okay, I think I'm done. But even 50K, if you're ahead, you're ahead, sure. But like, you're not as ahead as you used to be. I get yeah, that. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I mean, you blew a lead. Yeah. yeah. And, and that happens. And 50K can be a significant amount of money for most people, but. You played yourself. Like you said, it's it's gambling. It's the same yeah. thing. Because I used to work at a casino. I know, I know all the telltale oh, yeah. signs. You know, you, you, somebody who has a hot hand, and they're like, and they just keep playing, chasing it. Like, go home, dude. Go mm-hmm. home. You, you you hit it. Just go. Like, But yeah, oh, yeah. They, they walk out of there with like 50 bucks more than they came with. And you're like, yeah, but you were up three grand. So, yeah, it's exactly it. They got greedy. Well, speaking of getting greedy, Brian, today's main topic is itself a response to someone trying to scam someone online. Oh, man. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, this one, courtesy of, of course, the Something Awful forums, it's referenced in many different ways, but most places just go by power book, four Ps. Spring 2004, a guy named Jeff Harris tried to sell a G4 PowerBook laptop. So this was pre-Intel. Which was Intel. like the coolest laptop you could buy. <laughs> well, this was pre-Intel. So this, yeah. was, this was before Apple had, had the Intel deal, and so they had their own chipsets, and G4 was a pretty decent, you know, pretty yeah. decent powerhouse for it. And for 2004, if you wanted to do Photoshop and a bunch of other intensive yeah. applications, the G4 was probably your best bet, you know. Oh, yeah. 
Unless you could afford G5, but boy, we're really talking about old computer specs here. I was going to say, yeah, it, I mean, it's a 20-year-old computer thing. So you put it up on eBay. If you've never gone on eBay, the best thing to do is just to look by buy it now. Because auctions, that's what eBay was originally set up for, but auctions are usually, it's so hit or miss. You're going to get sniped to the last second by some guy in Indonesia oh, yeah. who's up. The best thing to do is just fuck it, throw money at it, buy it. And so he put a buy it now price of $2,100, which at the time was not the best price, but for that laptop at that time, it was pretty much yeah. market price. Like the, a, a G4 in 2004 probably was about 1900 retail. He's throwing a little markup on it because he's got to ship it. That's yeah. Yeah, so. There's multiple pages of this, but the one that really was around for a long time is P-P-P-P powerbook.com <laughs> and the the headline scamming the scammer he wanted a power book we gave him a p -p 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 power book <laughs> started with a scam posted on something awful the username my name is jeff and it says i'm selling a g4 power book for my friend on ebay here's the main part of the description you are bidding on my 19 day old g4 power book it was purchased for a project that fell through when I tried to return it, I was informed of a 10-day limit for returns. Your new laptop comes with its original box, documentation, accessories, and the Bluetooth mouse. The next day, I get this. Hello, I am very interested in your unit. I would like to know your best price to buy it now and if you ship international. I am in London, UK right now. I would also want to know the condition of the unit. Please let me know. I am very interested. He responds, okay, all this shit is in the auctions description. I respond anyways. I basically tell him, yes, I will ship to London, but he has to pay for it. Buy it now is $2,100. The next day, I get this little jewel of an email. Hello, I am very interested for this item, and I am ready to pay you the best price, $2,100 plus overnight or two days shipping charges, if we will use an escrow service to handle this transaction. As for the escrow service, I am already registered, I will pay the express shipping and also the escrow fee. The escrow service will release you money as soon as I will let them know the item has passed inspection and is 100% okay. Please let me know if offer is good enough for you. If it does, I will initiate the transaction as soon as I have your confirmation and so forth and so on. I was thinking of replying with one of the panes or something or maybe just fuck off in a 72-point font. Decided to play along as the helpless new eBayer who is very eager to sell him his laptop. So this is an actual PDF that we're able to pull from that site. I watch King 5 News. I've seen this on CNN. Welcome to your textbook eBay scam. We dig up a bunch of information on this guy and his office contact. I draft an email to send him with all the info we dug up. And then we get a better idea. Why don't we string him along? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this is, this is some really early aughts, you know, fine internet. Oh, yeah. The guy then posts his email address. We go to town on his eBay account. Almost everything's in German. So he registers. I have finished creating my account on the escrow site. My username is my name is Jeff. Before we continue, how do you know if this site has a strong digital defense? Hello. First of all, I want to tell you that's two, misspelled, that you will not pay anything because I pay the escrow, okay? Uh, at this time, I posted my username for the escrow site. After encouraging everyone to create more transfers, I sent this. Hello, sir. Please let me thank you again for being so patient. 
It is too bad we are selling outside of eBay because I was going to leave you excellent payer, excellent <laughs> eBayer, A++++ would sell to any time. I guess it's okay, though, if we have to give them an extra 300 when the auction's over. Oh, yeah, he, he puts through escrow transactions for things like a lot of bear kidneys from various bears. <laughs> While waiting for his response, I decided that they would report the account to eBay. Let's see. And, and of course, yeah, the eBay people respond with, yeah, that's not good. Sorry, I read this whole thing, and now I'm like, wait, where is the bit about the?" So they managed to get the guy's address. Everyone has a lot of ideas about how to mess with the guy. Holy shit, the next course of action is wicked obvious. He even him said it himself. Here the duty taxes are 27.5% from the total amount wrote on the package. Put like $8,000 on the package and make the fucker pay $2,200 for it. <laughs> Obviously, eight thousand was high, but marking it twenty two hundred and pay, having him pay the twenty seven percent is genius. I wanted to send him something, but couldn't think of anything. It had to be something worth paying for, but what? Send a three ring binder, Eric Fate said, with a hand drawn keyboard taped on the inside of the bottom flap, and a hand drawn screen taped to the inside of the top flap. Crayon preferred. This was perfect. Trick the scammer into paying a few hundred dollars for a fake laptop. And so here it is, the fake that they created, which is literally a three-ring binder. <laughs> a shitty hand-drawn <laughs> apple, and it says power book. And then on the, bind, on the place where the spine is, there's the, like fake ports, and then they just wrote like, who knows? <laughs> One says Firewire. And then they did add actual keyboard keys on the inside where it says keyboard, and then it's all the keyboard keys, but they're just literally like hot taped. glued or yeah. taped on. Uh, and they replaced the window. They crossed out. They have a, <laughs> a Windows key and did the control key for, for the Mac. And, and here's another one. This is real, written in Sharpie on it. <laughs> and they did send a broken old mouse where they painted the, the blue <laughs> yeah. plastic on there. And then on the bottom, instead of the roller wheel, which is what it originally had, they just put a, a post-it note that says laser with two exclamation points. Amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our scammer responds, what configuration have the Apple? Please send me today the package because I need soon. The next step was to send it. For those of you interested, it's going to be an 18 by 18 5-inch flat panel box wrapped in brown paper. The trip to London will be accompanied by a broken CD-ROM drive and an informative book detailing XL97. <laughs> FedEx priority was $80 for two to three days. Global Express, $63. Some other service, $40. Donations came flooding into this user to ship this. So it says, uh, went home from work. Longed in to find over $100 in donations. The scammer was growing more impatient. Please email me with info two O's soon. I replied with this. I was not able to send your PowerBook to you yesterday, but I'm able to send it today. I'm going to be taking it down to the post office. I'm told it will take two to three days. In the meantime, a member, again, something awful forums member named Pipsky, makes history. Pipsky becomes our first undercover agent in London and makes the first recon mission into the scammer's address. <laughs> I forgot how deep this goes. Oh, yeah. Okay, still there, but this PC is a bit more discreetly placed. It's a barber's slash internet cafe, lots of customers, none you'd buy a used car from, few school kids, 
There's a mailbox out in front. Not sure where the entrance is. Going to take a quick score of the street. The scammer sends his phone number. Pipsky again. I have good news and bad news, by the way. Thanks for the concern. But first thing I did when I got in was alter my password. I figured it was worth running. I'm a notoriously bad judge of character, but I have my doubts. This is our man. He doesn't strike me as a scammer. No one else turned up for a haircut. The scenario that presents itself as plausible is that UPS man will end up going into the barbershop slash internet cafe with his delivery. If I was our scam boy, I would make a point of heading for the place, assuming I didn't own it, when tracking suggests delivery is imminent. So, here we go. Oh, it says, regulatory agent's clearance delay. What the fuck does that mean? And he starts panicking and... Oh, milkahol. Damn. Yep. Starbucks. Starbucks was our first man to post from the shop. I am in the cafe. There are webcams. The package is in the den. I repeat, the package is in the den. We have FedEx delivery. Recorded the delivery moment. Everyone went ballistic. Before Starbucks left, he left the screensavers on the computers to up scrolls to scroll p -p -p power book. <laughs> <laughs> so then <laughs> he sends email to the guy. Today's the third day, so you should be getting your new laptop. Did you pay for taxes? How much did you end up paying? Gizmo gun, which is <laughs> the avatar is a statue of Gizmo from Gremlins, Gremlins 2. 2 holding a gun. I just called FedEx and told them that my husband and I, sorry, Jeff, were concerned about what was going to happen to the package. They said they were waiting for him to call. I did not authorize the ability for him to pick up the package at FedEx. It has to be delivered. He sends another email. I am a hello friend. It sure took a long time, but it got there. I was worried for a while. I thought I had lost my power book for good in some kind of scam. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I didn't pay for such fast shipping now that I see how long FedEx takes. Let me know when you're done checking everything and making sure it works. I packed it pretty well. <laughs> and this is where we sit. We know he paid for it. We know he has it. That was the end of it, and that was 2004. So we never did hear back, at least from my name is Jeff or from Blit. So all we know is that at some point, <laughs> in September of 2004, they sent this thing to the guy. They had people on the ground in England looking at it. Before smartphones, mind yes, you. Yes, yes, This was all communicated through forums. Through yeah. the something awful forums. Jeez. Yeah, so what a what a fantastic little spy thriller we had on our hands. Amazing, amazing piece of internet history. <laughs> I uh, I remember in high school, my friends talking about this. And, mm -hmm. and they, I remember someone showing me the, the something awful thread, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. You fuck with people that are trying to take shit from you? Great. And then I just realized in the internet, oh, you just fuck with people. That's just the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently there was some something of a... a <laughs> a bit of retaliation. So this according to Know Your Meme. I did not know this follow-up, but... So the scammer who now realized he was being scammed proceeded to DDoS Harris's website, p -p -p powerbookcom <laughs> <laughs> and emailed Harris a W32 Beagle virus, a worm that mass emails itself to people in the affected's address book. No further updates from the site or the thread on something awful. Of course, it got shared all around, slash dot metafilter. And gadget, boing boing, all that slash stuff. dot I boing know. boing. Jeez, I know. Uh, D l i c dot i o u s. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when everyone had like their personal blogs that were like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you yeah. Know, like their high school nickname and mm -hmm. like yeah, I do uh, do uh, end user uh, programming for um, <laughs> uh, you know, WeWork or I don't know whatever. Fuck. <laughs> 
was what was some big tech thing from the early aughts that oh you were doing css uh cascade you know cascading style sheets yeah doing... i've been talking about like websites oh like God. boing boing sure is shitting around anymore um, um i wouldn't be too sure about that i'm pretty sure that yeah there's still boing boing.net still around oh wow Man, that was a that was a website twenty years ago. <laughs> Boy, that was folks. That was a website, folks. <laughs> yeah, nineteen eighty eight. Really? Yeah, it says it was first established as a zine. Sorry, first established as a zine in eighty eight. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Dig. You could be like a guy oh. that did like in user interface for Dig, and here's my blog talking about Power Book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dig is still around. Yeah, I know. I think the thing that killed Dig was the Mr. Baby Man or whatever. <laughs> like the like the top user who then ended up turning out being like one of those like libertarian guys with a like a pregnant woman fetish. Oh yeah. It was like Mr. You know, I know you're talking about Because I remember like Dig was like the fucking website for like information distribution for like what's cool and hip and then it turned out like that the main guy who was getting all like the upvotes was like a weirdo fucking libertarian like <laughs> you know that's a admiralty flag oh. kind of type dude and everyone was like all right i'm done like yeah. just, everyone collectively was like reddit what's reddit all right we'll go over there to reddit <laughs> Yeah, see, a, a top user was banned after agreeing to promote a story for cash to an undercover dig sting operation. So, like, there was some weird shit going on when that, yeah, all that stuff kind of happened. But yeah, they, uh, I think that the guy was called like Mr. Baby Man or something. <laughs> Mr. Baby Man. Yeah, he was. Sounds like the username on somebody's like uh, cameo account or something. Mr. Baby Man. There is a 2009 article on Slate. Okay. Why digs Mr. Baby Man is the king of all social media? <laughs> okay. Man, his, his name was Andy Sorcini. He's in the Gravity Falls wiki? That has to be because there's a baby man uh, okay. in, in Weird Mageddon or something. He was an anima- He was an animation editor for Gravity Falls. No, I love that show. <laughs> Sorcini... Okay. Also known by not, also known by his username, Mister Baby Man, is a very well is very well known for his work on the website Dig, where he was the top user. However, he eventually closed his account after repeated negative re- reception on the website from other users who accused him of gaming the system. He moved to Reddit, but was later banned in t- 2012 for spamming. <laughs> he claimed that the, 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 these spamming accusations were false and. C- contacted the Reddit staff, but they made no response, nor did they ever comment on the issue. Mm. That is so fucking weird. Bizarre, yeah. This guy that had that occupies a very, very small corner of my mind just be like, Super hey, remember that guy that kind of killed Dig by just being like <laughs> the biggest fucking loser? Well, he also worked on this show that like people's kids really love. And it's a great show. It's a way. great show. Yeah. Maybe it's good it only had two seasons of this guy no longer has a job. <laughs> I think he, if it's the same crew that Alex Hirsch worked with, then he probably went on to do stuff with the Alex's new show, Inside Inside Job. Inside Man, Man, that show's real hit or miss. I... Yeah, yeah, it is. The one thing other than that that hasn't really aged real well with Gravity Falls was there was a Louis C.K. cameo. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a disembodied head telling you know these kids, like, get in my mouth. Oh no! Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, was he blocking a door while he was saying? No, that? he's a giant disembodied head. Well, so. you still block a door. You, 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 
Oh, blocking the door. Got it. Okay. Remember the allegation? <laughs> yes, the, I, I immediately the allegations. As soon as you said, uh, as soon as you said blocking a door, I went, "Oh yeah, that's right." I like how uh, Sarah Silverman kind of came out in the fence. She's <laughs> yeah. like, "I don't know. He just kind of would do that sometimes." I don't know. I thought it was cool. I'm like, "Well, that that's your experience, yeah. ma'am. Like, you're, you're like one of the only one actually who yeah. seemed to be like that was cool." <laughs> and like maybe that says something about you, and, and we're yeah. not really gonna dive too deep on that but that that's that's your it seems experience to be yeah it seems to be more of a sarah problem than a louis problem yeah, on yeah. that one yeah. well then louis made everyone's problem by just shooting <laughs> hot ropes while <laughs> while blocking the only exit from a room oh boy but then like i don't know like louis ck like you, you go back and you watch like the first season of louis and you're like oh this is just like a Woody allen like I'm, I'm working out my kink through tv yeah or even like his faux sitcom lucky louis was very much that same yeah yeah gosh and he had patricia adlon in both of those yeah yeah i remember watching louis before all of that watching on like netflix or something like their first season I was like well there's some stuff here it's like really funny and then i think it was the episode where the woman did he loved but didn't love him like she like left for the airport there's mm. like somewhere it's in the second season i believe yeah where she like leaves like she goes somewhere else and he like drops her off at the airport and there's like this really like awkward thing i can't remember it specifically but there was something like oh this is yeah this is not the character this is a this is Lucy this K. is Louis. yeah working out his shit and i'm not consenting and yeah i just immediately stopped watching the show yeah and it kind of ruined that song too the the, um, the opening theme boy lucy k what a bad man what a real piece of shit all right uh, now we're gonna go on to something else really bad i'm sure let's what's, do it shock.jpg and now the moment you've all been waiting for shock.jpg shock.jpg brian this week uh, is a, a simple static image, so we'll have time to really soak it soak all it in. in. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is called Burnt Butts. Oh. Part of the Meat Spin Network, Burnt Butts, uh, gave us... <laughs> you, know, you know, it's quality. quality. It's got that meat spin. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, <laughs> oh, no. So it is a... Uh, oh, no. It is a shot of someone's perineum, the, the space between your, your, your uh, balls and your oh. asshole. And then the asshole being held open uh, by a, a speculum. Yeah, some sort of medical speculum, yeah. And probably. then uh, it appears that at least six or five or six cigarettes have been ashed butts in ashed. and then put out inside... Uh, this young man's asshole. Um, so, <laughs> burntbutts.com. <laughs> Taking it very literally. Surprisingly, not a lot of hair. Gotta no, say that. very it's, well groomed. Very well groomed. Uh, and for some reason, the, 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 he, the guy's hand is holding. So he must be on his. He must be doing like a headstand. On the sh- his, or something on his shoulders. Yeah, right. propped up in a chair. Because obviously, how else would Gravity you get the ash and, in the? But he's making sure, like that, he's like holding his penis, like he's a, trying to keep a cat from puking on the carpet. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's got the it's he's got the head weird. pointed at the camera. If this was, if you're trying to avoid getting cigarette burns on your dick and balls, it would be you'd hold it the other way, wouldn't you? Yeah, you hold it down towards your face, towards the stomach. Yeah, or yeah, just down. yeah. But he's he's letting you know that. Check it out. Check it out. Here's my pee hole. <laughs> That's upsetting. Yeah. It's not as upsetting as some other things you've shown me on here, but that's just... <laughs> just... 
As an ex-smoker myself, I gotta say, <laughs> there's gotta be a better way. <laughs> there's gotta be a better way to get rid of all these cigarette butts instead of saying instead of putting them in Caleb's asshole. Just... If only it were so easy, you put it in the you put it in the slave's ass and they go away. Yeah. Don't well, ask. Yeah. Don't think about it too much. This is what we're doing here, Carrie. They're, like cigarette birds fucking hurt. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. And then like cigarette birds inside your asshole. I mean, I was Jesus. gonna say. Well, first of all, the okay. smell. Yes, there's the. There's would you that one. Would you want your asshole smelling like cigarettes? Well, I mean, my asshole smells to begin with. But yes, you're right. Cigarettes. I mean, you is got the worse. I hope you wash. I hope for the sake of everyone in in your household that you wash your ass. Of course, that's not that goes without saying. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that like you know stuff comes out, <laughs> like there's a smell. The cigarette smell combined with that smell is just ungodly. Jeez, you smell yeah. like the bathroom with a creepy crawl. Or yeah, you name your local shitty punk dive. But yeah, like just. And then the fact that somebody's been ashing in it because you can see the ash oh, around. Yeah. And- <laughs> Someone's just sitting there like puffing away slowly, probably just like. Hey, I'm really so enjoying this. Listen. <laughs> So I only got a 15 minute break, but I'm going to use every minute. It's sucking that down. It's like tap, tap, tap. Okay, we're going <laughs> to. So, uh, what do you. You've been, uh, you've been watching the news, Gary? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, somebody's just hawking a big one in there. Um, hopefully to put the, you know, to put the butts out. Uh, yeah, Jesus. I mean, I remember like. Um, my first job wearing a guitar center, I was that fucking dumb asshole that sat at the front, <laughs> had to stamp people's receipts. I hate that job. I got called mm. a Nazi one time on Black Friday. For having to stamp receipts? Yeah. Because, well, the whole f- part of the reason, there's obviously like loss prevention. But the yeah. thing is, like, making sure that the serial, like, if you're, I don't know about you, if I was buying like a $2,500 guitar, I would want to make sure that the serial number on the receipt matched the serial number on the headstock of the instrument I was buying. For... Well, especially if you need to return it for whatever reason. Sure. And so a guy was buying a fucking cherry red SG, which is a fucking standard, basic-ass fucking... Sure. Well, he's even getting the 61 reissue that Gibson was doing at the time. But it was still a chunk of change he was yeah. throwing down on a guitar. Uh, that's that's but, the but, like, he's just like some fucking scrawny, emo-looking shithead. Mm. I'm 18. And I'm like, hey, man, I just got to check the uh, serial number on the headstock. And as I start to explain, like, because people are like, what the fuck? Right. I'm like, it's a, well, first of all, we're making, it's an inventory thing and making sure that if for any, you know, something goes wrong with this guitar or you want to return it or exchange it, that everything's right. And most people are like, oh, okay, I get it. Right. Like, one out of 100 people would be like a shitty asshole. And there's usually enough of an asshole to kind of actually ruin my day. <laughs> um, but this guy was like, what the fuck? No, I'm not going to let you do that. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I see my store manager and I'm like, hey, Steve, come over here. Oh, and God. Steve, Steve loved Glengarry Glen Ross. Okay. Actually, for the okay. person who sold the most stuff in December, yeah. they got a mini, D, a portable DVD player and a copy of the movie. Glengarry Glen Ross. <laughs> and, on ho- and on holidays, like okay, on so, holidays he would um he would do a sales game called Coffee is for Closers. Mm. So if you did a sale is over five hundred bucks, you got to put down um those. You got to put down a mark under your name, and whoever had the most marks at the end of the day got like you know a hundred dollar gift card to like Best Buy or something. Okay. okay. Um, he was from New Jersey, uh-huh. and he uh, had all kinds of crazy stories about working at a Guitar Center in Austin, which I think he was assistant store manager of, and like all the fucking weird people that come through. <laughs> he had this story about uh, this lady came through. He could tell she was just money. 
Yeah. And she's like, yeah, my grandson wants to learn how to play guitar. And he's just like, well, you know what? You want to give him the very best. So she fucking sells this lady like a, a fucking custom shop Fender Stratocaster <laughs> oh, no. and like a twin reverb. No. And like all the other people are like working there. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, he's, and he's, he's, like, he's like, what? Oh, so you just wanted to make like a $300 sales seller little fucking Strat pack? And he's like, I don't give a shit. That kid's going to be dragging that fucking guitar around his little red wagon. But you know what? I'm going to be eating steak dinner tonight. And I was like, you know, I kind of respect that. He loved Bruce Springsteen. He was from New Jersey. Yeah. So this is a no-nonsense guy. Yeah, yeah. And he just comes up. The guy, I'm like, this guy won't let me stamp his fucking receipt. And the guy's like, I don't know. I don't steal anything. And Okay. And so, and so Steve's like, hey, this fucking kid's just trying to do a fucking job. And you're giving him a hard time. And he calls us, the guy calls me and Steve a fascist, and he goes, I don't fucking care if he just spent $2,500 on his guitar. Don't ever fucking come back in my store. Ooh. And all right. the guy was like, well, fuck you. And I'm sure he went over to the guitar exchange and got fucked over by that guy over mm-hmm. there. So the long round story of this is that I would be sitting there in my little fucking booth. Okay. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't browse yeah. the internet. You just had to like watch people play fucking smoke on the water. <laughs> or just the dumbest fucking shit. Yeah, sunshine of your love. But yeah, that's uh, that's my go-to. I heard the fucking bass line from fucking Laralis played wrong so many times. <laughs> the last time I was in a guitar shop and I heard like some fat kid with like meat breath starting to play a bass line, I just went, don't! <laughs> and like he like looked at me. I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> the fucking the baseline from Laralis is the stairway to heaven for yeah. kids raised by single parents. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I showed my kids the Wayne's World movie and they said, "What the hell, is Stairway to Heaven?" I'm like, "Oh, well, oh, God, you don't even want to know." It's about a bunch of guys that were pedophiles in the '70s. Yeah. By we sitting there, fucking bored out of my mind, and then all of a sudden I would smell something terrible, and I would all of a sudden be really bad. It smells so fucking bad. And all of a sudden, like, someone come in and be like, yeah, the ashtray outside's on fire. <laughs> and then, like, I have to, like, and of course, I can't fucking leave because it's, I can't abandon my fucking minimum wage job. Um, so I have to, like, take my, like, my soda and pour it out. Oh, man. And, like, so cool, my soda's gone. Yeah. And it would always be, like, one of the guys I worked with it, like, had, like, a fucking 1990s, 90s nails haircut. Yeah. That, like, never grew out of, like... The kind of dudes that would, like, try to pick up women, like, yeah, the dude from KFDM's on my record. And they just, like... (laughs) What's that? This dude this chick's a receptionist at a fucking hair salon. She has no idea what industrial music is. And then he ended up banging her. And you're like, cool. I This guy was a pig. He'd, like, tell you stories about, like, yeah, you know that girl that came in wearing, like, the fucking beanie last night? I saw her, like, a turntable didn't work. And then I fucked her. And then, like... Cool. And like you knew, like, so you fucked her twice. He gets so mad. <laughs> no, he was such a fucking pig. I like if I was dating a girl, she could not walk into the store. Right. Yeah. I was like, you can't go in there because this one guy is going to be fucking lecherous. And I was dating a girl one time. I like told her this rule, but there was a point where we were out getting something to eat. We're in the area. I'm like, fuck, I left something at work. Yeah, I got to go work. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I guess I'm like, oh, I don't think he's working today. It was my day off. Of course he's fucking working. And I like. I held her fucking arm like I owned her. Like I was taking her to the fucking meat market. Walked her into the back, got my shit, and walked her out. Like I am not letting you out of my sight. <laughs> She's, nope, nope, nope. There's, nope. Yeah. And, he, and then like the next day, he's like, yeah, that girl you see has got pretty big fucking tits. I'm like, I know! 
I suck on them like they're gone. Make me live forever. You. And the guy, that guy just had an animal. The guy just had a kid. Yeah. And I'm like, God. I don't know, man. The, the, the pigmen. Yeah, like, pigmen. Yeah. And now you go, to, I go to that fucking guitar center and it's just like a bunch of people that like have like social anxiety. And I'm like, where were you? You know, why couldn't I? Why couldn't I have you as a coworker? Because I can deal no, with you. No, because they, they suck in a different way. I know. At least I worked with people that had big personalities, and these people like me, Mister Anti-Capitalist. I think if you work at a place where you're you're partially paid on commission, you should at least say hello to people when they come in. Yeah, I'll I, I give you that, but I just mean like as far as like the tenor of coworkers, like big personalities. I tend to just like you know kind of i'm going this way i'm not gonna you know yeah i can interact with them so much but you know people with social anxiety those are my people so i you know i'll, I'll be i'll enjoy my time working with them versus oh, yeah. somebody who's going to be like talking over me for you know oh people i guess that were like interesting even if they were like shitty like this person is at least yeah. not boring and yeah. i don't have to like see them outside of work most of the time there is that too but wow what what a huge fucking diversion <laughs> i love it so yes it's time for the breath mint brian it's time for your mom's favorite part of the show it's time for the breath mint yeah it's, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show where we talk about what's going on in our media consumption this week uh, i'm gonna kick it off this week because i uh i recently switched from our flag means death to a show that i feel is never going to get enough love and it's a show called from have you heard of, have you heard of this have you seen this I have not so it is a MGM plus exclusive wow yes that's already in the graveyard of content somehow through some arcane magic it got a second season MGM decided to take a chance on it I'm glad they did Harold Perrinow, who many know as Michael from Lost yeah uh, is the star of the program he okay. plays uh, Sheriff Boyd it's a mystery type of show where a couple and their kid are going on a road trip and then they get lost in this small town. And then every time you try to exit the small town, you circle back, right? When night falls, there's monsters and there's all this mysterious stuff happening. It's a lot of fun. If you like your mysteries more on the lost or the event or, you know, one of those kind of sides of things, you'll enjoy it. I had never heard of MGM Plus. I didn't know what the hell it was. I didn't even know that was a... F yeah. And then we said, oh, Harold Perrinow's in this. Okay. We love him. Yeah. He's great in it. And it's a great show, but it's like one of those things where like no one is going to watch this fucking thing. Like, so bizarre. This happened once before. It was um, it's called Stan versus Evil. Did you ever see that one? I heard of this. John C. McGinley, everyone's favorite part of Scrubs. Yeah. John C. McGinley is the lead in this, like, Ash versus the Evil Dead type of show where mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. a normal guy fighting demons. And it went for four seasons on some channel I'd never heard of. So I, it was bizarre. But yes, From is really enjoyable. It definitely has that mystery box show vibe. So I know just like any number of mystery box shows, it's never going to get the full resolution it deserves, which is a shame, but... For the time being, I'm going to enjoy it because it's just so entrancing. Every week there's blood sigils and there's zombie-like creatures and there's a guy who's been there since he was a kid and he's kind of, you know, uh, developmentally disabled because he never really learned to be a person because you're surrounded by monsters all the time. 
this whole thing about there's maybe a religious cult involved and it's just fun stuff every episode you see something that you go oh 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 okay yeah just uh it, it's a real hoot and it's just a shame because no one's ever going to see it <laughs> it's like, like blood drive was on sci-fi it's just like no one's ever going to know what the hell that is <laughs> about yourself brian me and my friends have been working our way through uh muscles and mayhem an unauthorized story of american gladiators on netflix and muscles and mayhem all right it's, uh it's really good i think it's only four episodes long four or five episodes long we're at the last episode and it's just a really well done documentary about the timeline of the genesis of american gladiators like the pilot the first season talking about how the company the production company was the money behind it didn't really understand the product how like the showrunner that like really made american gladiators american gladiators is like a huge weird pervert <laughs> okay that would explain all some the, of the different outfits. Yeah. personalities <laughs> of i mean they didn't interview every gladiator but they interviewed a lot of the core people yeah and talking about just like the stress ideas of how they needed to perform how much fun it was in some respects, but also they were getting fucked on money because they weren't getting residuals for like, oh. weren't getting yeah. residuals for um, all the merch. And it's really funny because like, you know, it shows you they have some people that were involved with the corporate side and you kind of actually kind of like some of them. Right. But then you get to the part about the, the money and the gladiators are talking about like, yeah, you know, we got fucking figurines. We're not getting, we're getting paid jack shit. Wow. And, you know, all this shit's being sold, blah, blah, blah. And then you have someone from the co the corporation being like, well, you know, merch really wasn't that big of a deal. I don't know why they were so upset. And it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. It was because you guys were fucking them. Like, yeah. Admit, it. admit yeah. it. You were fucking these people who, like professional wrestlers, were fucking pressured to give a certain level of performance. And that involved, hurt, you know, working through injuries, getting injured. Yeah. And for a few of them... Um, performing it in such a way or such a high level, they got injured in a way that they could no longer be a part of the television show. And for some of them, no longer be like athletic in the way, wow. competitive and like the athletic disciplines that they came from. Because I always wondered where those guys came from. Like, did they come from the amateur wrestling scene? Like, where did they some find Some of them, them were stuntmen. Okay. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Some were male models. And <laughs> okay, there okay. were some people that were like on the U.S. Olympic team for various sports. I'll say because they all were buff as shit. And I mean, yeah. that's there's there's a lot of people that um were Hollywood people trying to make it somewhere. People that had good pedigree. I mean, there's so many stories in the early 90s of like, you know, like with Mortal Kombat that like so many Mortal Kombat characters were just like, hey, do you know a guy that's like really good? Like that's somehow <laughs> yeah. some of the characters were like, OK, well, you've got to look. OK, how can we build a a character around how you, your physique and like your discipline like the guy who plays uh shang zeng was like a fucking lawyer yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> who happened to be like a black belt in some martial arts discipline and that's like half of the people were yeah. like they were like you know, high performing gymnasts and things like that or bodybuilders that like so were, they just they had the look they had the look some of them had like certain sports backgrounds and so on so i'm kind of repeating myself but i really enjoyed that oh my girlfriend and i we watched megan oh that's a fun one i thought that was a lot of fun i had a lot of fun with megan yeah what a what a great film uh if the, for those of you who have not seen it definitely i highly recommend it's such a cheeseball concept it's kind of been done you know we i immediately was like oh this is child's play 
There's like three or four movies that maybe, but it was fun and it committed to the bit. Oh, so much. Yes, yes. I just had a lot of fun watching. I don't know if my girlfriend felt the same way, but I had a blast. Um, I was, I was pretty much just bobbing along the whole entire thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking kill him. Blah blah blah. (laughs) I love that Allison Williams was in it. Yeah, and and that she played it fairly straight. That was really nice. I was. uh, really enjoyed uh the guy ronnie chang who played david yeah he's been in a couple other things but this was i was like okay this guy's he's just good being like a piss-off guy that <laughs> yes. works at a corporation i yes. think that's like every role i've seen him in is like the the asshole at the office yeah because like crazy Rich asians he was mm-hmm. he had a bit part in shang chi like he's he's always had this kind of but he's great oh yeah he's just a great annoyed man <laughs> <laughs> nothing's ever good enough for him and bad things happen to him usually which is great because it's it's very he's much such, he's so good at being an asshole exactly. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed Megan. Um, I'm trying to think what else is best going use on. of a power washer in a horror film. By the way, oh <laughs> fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, that shit's crazy. <laughs> if you but, haven't seen it, go out and see Megan. Um, yeah. yeah, I just had fun with Megan. I see what people were talking about. It's one of those things where like I hope. I'm just saying, oh, I hope there's a sequel. But, like, it would be cool if there was a, a spinoff. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, no, we fixed it. Oh, we didn't really fix it. And now, now Megan's pegging men. <laughs> it's pegging. Pegging. <laughs> P3GG1N apostrophe. Pegging. <laughs> you don't want to know where the turnoff button is. No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just riffing. I'm just riffing, folks. I, I got I got fun stuff lined up in a couple of weeks. Might be photographing death grips. Ooh. So I've been shooting for the Arts STL for like a month or two, and uh, I just been taking all the weird stuff. Like yeah, because yeah, yeah. like I'll request like oh like Mastodon's gonna be playing here, and like oh somewhere took that ghost is gonna be playing here, but like Melanie Martinez, uh, the editor Jason, like didn't know who that was, and was like wait this is a sold out show, and this person's had like two billion streams across all of the services. And I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, this yeah, show that was a fucking wild ass thing. I'm glad I got to shoot that. That was a lot of fun. Death Grips probably won't be because I'm like I already know it's all gonna be red light, all backlit. Yeah, so I'm probably gonna show up with like my fastest glass, and it's just gonna be fucking praying, which is exactly yeah. <laughs> but it's the fact that there's nothing like a Death Grip show. Did you see Death Grips? I did not because we were supposed to see them in in Chicago for Lollapalooza. Yeah, and they bailed on the and they bailed on the. They show. purposely bailed. Yeah. And they had like fuck around with all the scheduling. I think that was Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. Yeah, and like I was, there was a this lot. Was ten of, years ago, by the way. Ten I'm years. Still ago. remember it because pissed because it was like all everyone could talk about. First, it was like Friday, like oh Bob Royer died, right? And then Saturday it was like oh Death Grips pulled just some, bailed. yeah, pulled just, some shit, and they had to redo all the scheduling. And I ended up like missing a bunch of stuff. I wanted to photograph. Saturday was probably my least favorite day of because yeah, of that because kind of a, Death Grips doing their no show like not even like super clever like that no. was the thing like it wasn't even like oh that's fucking oh man they really got us by the balls it was like yeah. oh these guys just weren't ever gonna show up and you were going because it was like a pre-show yeah, it Friday the, night it was the Friday night show that they bailed on where they just put like a uh, a fake suicide note <laughs> on the screen and I don't know. Just a weird thing. But in 2012, I photographed him at the Firebird. And it was probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen. People just going ham or what? Just people going fucking nuts. Like 
pushing on each other. Like probably a show where you could say some crowd crushing was going on because mm, everyone just mm-hmm. wanted to push to the front and touch MC Ride because he's all sweaty and he. Mm. It was like going to a basement show, but you're paying thirty bucks a ticket. <laughs> I think probably, the, probably one of the. I mean, we can say it's the coolest thing Mike Judy ever booked. Sure. I don't think he's ever going to top that. I don't know. Still don't know Who how can? he got that. He probably. I don't know. Fucking just read an email at the right time while on the toilet. Who knows? Stuff like that happens. Yeah. Shit happens. I mean, um, yeah. What's really fucking wild is that I look at the other markets that Death Grips has been playing on this tour. They're playing like the Observatory in Santa Ana, which is kind of like a different version of the pageant. I actually think the Observatory is a really fucking cool room. I photographed Bogorama there in 2014. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And have probably one of my favorite stages I've ever photographed. If mm. I were a fucking California music photographer, I would get in good with there, everyone yeah. <laughs> at the observatory. Yeah. The pit, like the photo pit, you're like shoulders. Like I'm five, 10, five, 11. Your shoulders are above the stage. Okay. So you just have a really nice viewing angle. At least that's yeah. how I remember it. Whereas like the pageant has a really, has a really shallow faux pit. You're only shooting up people's nostrils. The pageant's a beautiful fucking venue. I've seen a lot of great shows there. Faux got a lot of great shows there. But is the a, pit is, is, is yeah. really, is a really harsh angle. The venue that death grips are playing in St. Louis is the factory out in West County. <laughs> yeah, strip mall. So <laughs> I'm just like imagining like all these angry kids that like fucking do like fucking paint cleaner and shit <laughs> dress like 2012 Tumblr kids, but now they're like 30. So they got a little bit of a paunch going. Yeah, yeah. And they're like driving out to the place that has an H&M outlet. <laughs> like it's just so, it was like, when, yeah, when we, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. Well, yeah. my girlfriend and I went out to the factory. I mean, it's a factory is a really nice venue. And it's a big ass stage. I'm just like, how is this going to work? Because it holds like 4,000 people. And I don't think there's 4,000 people in St. Louis that want to see Death Grips. Yeah, that's true. Who knows, though? I mean, you, you, it could be fucking wild. But I've been like listening to Death Grips because I kind of forgot they existed. I honestly thought they broke up after that Lollapalooza shit. I thought they did too. But yeah. they technically did not break up, technically, in heavy air quotes, until yeah. like 2014 or 2015. Okay. Like a couple months before they were supposed to go on tour with Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> but then like a year later, they released like an instrumental record called Fashion Week. Okay. And. Just been familiarizing myself with their music. And I guess some of the people I work with probably think that I'm brain damaged because, like, <laughs> you come up to my desk like two weeks ago, I'm playing Melanie Martinez. Now you come up to my desk and I'm playing like the front bottoms and death grips. Right. So it's like yeah. the angriest fucking shit you've ever heard. And then, like, acoustic guitar is about like, when you said goodbye to me, I didn't know it would be the last time. You know, like like painfully earnest stuff. And I think the front bombs are great. That's another thing I'm hopefully photographing in awesome. the next couple weeks. I love them. Uh, I mean, they are great, but it is painfully earnest. Yeah. But also, it's like dudes also probably would think the Kinsilla brothers are fucking posers, which is why I like them. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I just like realized, you know, today at work, I'm listening to... Uh, money store which okay. fucking still holds up quite yeah, well it you rips. Know, 10 yeah, plus great. years later but i just realized the song um i've seen footage is like just like a really like lo-fi devilish take on push it by salt and peppa oh and then the flow is whoop there it is huh so Go go play it right that. now. Yeah. Play it right now. Okay, hold on. I see footage. I still see 
Son of a bitch. Okay, I got it now. Like that's real that's a real Miami bass flow. Yeah. I'll be damn. Alright. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Is that fucking weird? That is weird. Speaking of things that are weird, I did see Torimus just this oh, yeah, past my right, Monday. That's right. What was it what was it like um being a Twenty-year-old sorority girl in two, in nineteen ninety-eight. It was uh, it was pretty excellent, you know. I <laughs> Did you bring a couple of airport bottles of Goldschlager in? <laughs> no, I just I bought the eleven-dollar beers that were there. That was oh, a bad. Wow, idea. is yeah. that how much a PBR is there now? Oh no, that's for like a Zwickle or like a really you know oh, for okay. urban chestnut. Was, was like last time I got a PBR there, it was like seven bucks. And well, this was Stiefel. This was at, at mm. this. So Stiefel doesn't sell PBR. First of all. But no, they sell stack. No, they do not sell stack. <laughs> Hams? No. no. Baja? No. Uh, they, they sell Bud Light, Bud Select, and then it's all craft. Uh, so it's it's. Wow. Uh, but it was an interesting vibe because you know, you're right. I had not been to a Tori Amos show in 20 years, and I kind of forgot that like I was really outnumbered. There were a lot of reluctant boyfriends and a lot of reluctant uh-huh. husbands there, but I was there to fucking see Tori Amos. I love Tori <laughs> Amos, so it was very odd. There was a couple in front of us that had, you know, it was it was the the reluctant husband, and then it was like a seven year old daughter who was there, yeah, <laughs> which was made very awkward when Tori played a Professional Widow, which is a whole song about being a hooker. <laughs> Uh, but I don't think the kid understood any of it. Uh, she was just dancing and having a good time. But we sat in, in, on the mezzanine in like the nosebleed, like ro- literally row Z, yeah. mezzanine center. But, you know, so we I, barely saw her. I uh, I know those seats because those are the seats I saw uh, the Book of Mormon from, where you're just like, is. <laughs> it is like, is like you're at the top, the first hill of a roller coaster yeah. looking down. And you're yeah the, the concert experience yeah so I didn't see much of her I just saw a a woman in a shimmery outfit big you can see her glasses from space big glasses on and but she's playing the piano like a motherfucker I swear to God she's not missed a beat she's an insane performer because she doesn't have to move as much mm-hmm. but she's straddling that that piano stand oh she's in there. She's locked in. Playing a synthesizer with her right hand mm-hmm. and playing the piano with her left hand and singing. Oh, yeah. No, I just, she's one of the best to ever do it. It's still... Because she's got a whole rhythm section that she's been playing with for years. Yeah. To see her perform is like... You really get the like, okay, she just does everything. She's just This is it. And so she played a lot of older stuff. She played like a four or five song block from Boys for Pele, yeah. which is my favorite album. She played a couple of tunes from Scarlet's Walk. She actually opened the show with a sort of fairy tale, which is kind of like this was two thousand two when this song came out. You know, so and she's got a new album out called Ocean to Ocean. And she only played maybe two songs off it. And the rest yeah. of the hour and a half was just classics from the repertoire. And, that's and, that's smart. And even then she didn't play half the stuff I was going, I hope she plays a but she played some, you know, some real deep cuts from some of the stuff. Like I heard Putting the Damage On, which is a song that was never even really a single from Boys for Pele. It's like the it's like literally the last song on the album. It's like we need to we need to keep this in rotation for another couple months. Well if we just <laughs> shot like a really cheap, easy music video for this. Right. It's just like all right. Um but some of them were the reworked versions from two thousand three where she did this record called The Librarian, mm-hmm. where she went and re recorded some of the old hits. 
And so that version of Cornflake Girl was the one she played and like that kind of stuff. And they did the whole fake encore, you know, that uh-huh. give everybody a break for a couple minutes. What a good time. What a good time at a show. She's got a lot of hits and a lot of stuff that was new to me. And I went, okay, this is pretty good. But the one that really fucked with me was American Doll Posse was a record that I don't think very many people liked. At yeah. least as far as like the hardcore Tory fans that I'm still friends with from like high school. And uh, she just comes out with Big Wheel, which was supposed to be the big single on it. And if you remember that song, in the chorus, she's going, I am an L- M-I-L-F, don't you forget. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, man. <laughs> oh, that's some real Dredson doll shit. I forgot about that. Yeah, this was when she was doing, like, the whole album is, the album has, like, 23 songs on it. Oh, God. And each one is, like, sung from a different, so she has four or five different personas on the album that she's playing with, and one of them is this big, brassy southern girl who sings all these big piano ballads, and and that's what Big Wheel was, was just, what a weird show, but. It was so fun. It was so fun to see. That's awesome. And then, like, the next day, I'm posting, like, yeah, I went to Steve last night, so sorry, Amos. And everyone I knew from high school and college was, like, liking and responding. I'm like, I didn't see a single one of you. (laughs) Where the hell was I? But then I realized I'm up in the fucking nosebleeds. Yeah. I can't see anything. You got the fucking seats they give to, like, you know, like, the usher's wives. (laughs) <laughs> and I paid thirty bucks for the you know for the for the privilege. For the privilege, it was, it was fine. It's actually not that. It really isn't. I forget what we paid for Book of Mormon, but it was. Uh, I don't. I think my brain has has blocked that. <laughs> was it good? Did you enjoy the Book of Mormon? It had its moments. Yeah. I I have, I don't have Drew toothpaste here to make me feel weird about my <laughs> feelings on my complicated feelings on religion. Yeah. But I don't like how it normalized some of the weird ass shit about mormonism normalize i thought it was making fun of it is making fun of it but by making fun of it people go oh if it's is it really that bad and then some people <laughs> like yeah maybe oh well joseph smith was persecuted by getting kicked out of missouri he wasn't a cardinals fan <laughs> you think that's really what happened? yeah he was it was some ch- fucking fucking fair weather chiefs fan get the fuck out of here get your ass over to kansas uh, the, the whole thing about him translating stuff and then being like, oh, no. Um, you can't it, see it. Yeah. Um, no, no. This guy goes to another school. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You, you wouldn't know him. Yeah, You so. wouldn't know him. You wouldn't. I mean, that's kind of really how it was. Yeah, it was. He's from Canada. You know, you know. He's from Canada. Uh, yeah. Um, he's a model, by the way, but he's very shy. There's no pictures. I did find out something funny. This is not the normalized Mormonism, but when they're like going around like on their bikes yeah. and you're like, I want to talk to you, they always say, and I, I, I've had to deal with this myself, like, was well, there anything I can help you with? And if you ask them to do something, they have to do it. Interesting. And I've heard stories about people that were that grew up Mormon and did like that shit. And they had like, yeah, I'm, so I'm on some dude's roof helping him fucking put shingles on. And, or like, I'm walking their dog. And I'm just like, oh, I totally would have fucking got oh, them turned. Yeah, dude. It's like, listen, man, I bet y'all don't drink, but I got some American honey. And it goes down smooth. <laughs> I need you to smoke this. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask. Hey. You said, you said anything. You said, you said if there was anything that you could help me with, and what I need is you to fucking stop being such a goddamn fucking narc and hit my fucking goddamn Homer Simpson bong 
No, no. I would break out the gravity bong. <laughs> yeah. But the outsides of Folger's tin okay. that your dad used to ash into. Oh, used to be his, used to be his ashtray yeah. when he was working out in the basement. Oh. And you gotta take a wine bottle. Okay. You gotta drill a hole in it. All right. And you gotta do that. Have you ever done one of those? God no. First time I ever did that type of gravity bong. I couldn't get the rhythm right. But other gravity bongs I fucked with, like, oh, yeah, I understand this. But this one I just couldn't hit. So my friend was like, all right, we're going to do a syncopated motion here. Okay. And I just remember hitting it. And he just goes, dude, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, oh. what, do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I, like, it was one of those things where, like, everyone else, like, went upstairs because, like, the pizza arrived. But I'm okay. still in the basement watching the Cardinals game. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Bring me down. I really, I was like nonverbal. Oh, no. I was just like, it was one of those things like, hey, man, we brought you a piece. And I was like, sick. Um, and I just like probably stared at that piece of pizza for like five minutes. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can eat this. <laughs> that was, wow. God, that was like 12 years ago. Wow. But I would definitely, or do, uh, do some, uh, fork, some knife hits. Oh, yeah. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how you do it when you're down bad, boys. <laughs> Hey guys! <laughs> hey guys! Come around back. Come around some... back. <laughs> I need someone to wireboard me. <laughs> Do you guys know how to handle it? Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> I need you guys to help me work on my tan. Oh, it just—I probably would ask them just to go away. Yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. that's that's the easy thing. But if I was in a wicked mood, right? Yeah, you could probably. There's that TikTok. Of... There's that TikTok screenshot. Of some guy being like Mormon, having like the Mormon uh, brothers like watch him do tricks on the trampoline <laughs> and shit, or play Uno. Yeah, yeah. And if we if if we lose, if we lose, we have to join the. Oh no! Ch- join the church. Oh, so there's two more things I want to add to the bro. Oh yeah, please, real quick. One, my girlfriend and I re- rewatched the fantastic Tim Curry film Clue. Oh. Love Clue. You know, it's not a perfect movie, but goddamn, is it fucking front? It comes fun. close. It comes close. It is close. fucking fun from front to back. I mean, Michael McKeon, Madeline Kahn, I mean, Jesus Christ. So many, so many great roles, so many great characters, so many great laughs. It's um, it's a different type of comedy. Like it, it feels old timey in a way that's that's fun and refreshing. Um, the jokes, like, oh, they didn't go for the full gross out. Like they just went far enough to get everyone i guess the way how i look at it is like oh there's a, a much more obvious more graphic joke you could do here oh. but you don't need to do that joke you just need to take the joke far enough that you know you're gonna make everyone laugh i think yeah there's a comic sensibility that that doesn't apply anymore it feels yeah it felt old in the 80s when that movie came out sure but I, I guess I appreciate style and approach. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and Tim Curry's great. The dialogue alone is sharp as a tack. You can't. Oh yeah, <laughs> it perfect. sings. It sings. It's the, the rhythm. It doesn't. It doesn't have a slow moment. No, it's always moving. Literally, there's characters running in and out of everything. Right, scene. but um, yeah, it's just fucking fun. That's. I'm really glad my girlfriend reminded us to watch that movie because I haven't watched it probably in 10, 15 years. I'm like, fuck, this is so good. And then I think we also, I think that was the day we made fucking pasta. So we were eating fucking noodles being. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. It was good. The shit where you put the feta cheese in the middle of the pan and you let it melt. Yeah. And then you stir it up and you put in your noodles. Ooh. Oh, fuck. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday dinner. Sunday. Oh, gravy. yeah. Sunday dinner. Yeah. Yeah. That's fuck. That was good. I was like thinking too, after like we we're done, like, oh man, we'll feel like a 
liposomic reduction and kind of drizzled that in there Ooh. with it. Ooh, Ooh baby. Maybe some sun-dried tomatoes. Ooh. 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 Anyways, and the, <laughs> the one last thing is a, is a record I've been listening to, so I'm probably yeah. going to be photographing this musician when they're here in a couple months, is a young woman. I don't know how to pronounce the name of her project. It's P-V-R-I-S. I don't know. It's Paris. Paris? I guess it's the A upside down. Yeah. Okay, think, that makes sense. I think so that's Paris. Yeah. Uh, her new record, Evergreen, came out uh, this week, and I really enjoyed the fuck out of it. Oh, um, yeah. Lynn Gunn rocks, dude. I just knew she was playing with Poppy, and yeah. it was offered to me, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I like, I like being challenged. And so this is another thing. If you come up to my desk at work, I might be playing, and people just <laughs> give me a weird fucking look. Because there's there's a lot of uh, some girl power on there, which I'm I'm into because it's it's fucking catchy and eloquent. And there's a couple songs on there that I think if they have the right promotion, so just just to give give Brian's recommendations on this record. Lead single is I don't want to do this anymore, which oh, is yeah. a fucking bop. The first three songs, actually four songs, are great. Got good enemy, goddess, animal. I think probably the next single is probably going to be uh, like Take My Nirvana, which yeah. I think is a good song. But I think Sentimental is probably the fucking the sleeper. I think if that song that. gets fucking promoted, yeah. I uh, I think that's going to be the fucking deal. Because like I was like cooking for my girlfriend the other night and I put that record on. And she's like, the fuck is she's like, oh, <laughs> I like this. And I'm like, yeah, no, it kind of slaps. Uh, there's a couple songs in there that haven't gotten their hooks into me yet but generally i found it to be a really enjoyable record like i got a an early stream for it which is weird because i remember used to get the fucking records mailed to the editor and then you have to go over someone's house that smells like ferrets (laughs) and and then you get the you know you get your your record that has like a little notch in the side so you can't resell it yeah i tried actually getting rid of a bunch of my promo records one time at uh vintage vinyl and they wouldn't take any of them i'm like I don't think anyone's going to be really upset if you're selling a promo Andrew Jackson Jihad record from 2008. <laughs> and then I was like, actually, I want that record. I want that one back. I think yeah, gave me hold like, on. Yeah, like, yeah, actually, I want that let one. Let me take but, that one back. It's a short record. I've noticed this. Yes. It's, it clocks in at under 35 minutes. Yeah, it's a quickie. But yeah, I had the, the, the promo stream and I had to like sign my life away. Oh, God, yeah, so, yeah. When I worked at KDHX, they, they they did that same kind of thing where they had to have you sign in with a like a, a secret code and all the stuff. It was really weird. I hadn't yeah. had to do that in, in years. But the record's fucking, it's solid. I've really enjoyed it. I didn't know you also listened to it. I have not listened to this one. I knew it was coming out because it just came out a couple days ago officially. Like yeah. I had heard Paris on some mixtape last year. Yeah. Something from, uh, no, there's the single Monster. And that was actually even like a year old. So yeah. it, that was the last one I heard from Paris. And I was like, oh, God damn, what is this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's being, she's going to be tour support for Poppy. I love who, Poppy too. I just, yeah. I think that was like one of your favorite records last year. It was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I still haven't been bitten by the poppy bug that's all right isn't isn't it's like a it's like i it's like the th- same reason like i can't get into andrew wk i'm like so are we on like the sixth person playing poppy i don't i don't know <laughs> no it's the on. same it's the same first it's been person the same person the it's whole been time. the same person playing poppy it's just the the, the band has changed okay and, so, and the so, people getting sued have changed correct and, <laughs> <laughs> so poppy now is almost like a baby metal thing where uh she's doing a lot of this like a lot harder uh, i remember stuff. that much yeah, yeah. She's the only constant, and everybody else kind of changes around. Okay. Poppy's the headliner. 
Paris's tour support. And I think for at least the part where they're going to be in St. Louis, Pom Pom Squad is oh no, yeah another good fun. One. They got a couple tracks I like. Oh yeah, that should be a solid show. I'm looking forward to you know it's a couple months out. You don't get your credentials usually until like sometimes even like the day of or day before. Fingers crossed on that one. I'm looking yeah. forward to. That's been one of my favorite records of this year. It's been really weird for favorite records for me this year because like yeah. the stuff I thought I would like, like the new Billy <laughs> Woods is like, it's okay. And then like the record I didn't even know was coming out, like the new Buck 65, super dope. It's like, oh, this is fucking great. <laughs> even though I didn't even know Buck 65 was still making music. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then all the other stuff has been like really kind of slick produced like pop music. <laughs> and so I don't know what's look, going on. I don't, look, there's I guess wrong I just, with it. I, I Everyone comes to the slick produced pop music in their own time, man. I, I suppose. You know. It's more just like I don't want to listen to like eight Ty Seagal songs in a row to figure out which 10 I like. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. I mean, look, I like Ty Seagal too, but yeah, there's a certain point at which I go, all right. I've seen him live twice, and the second time I saw him live, I'm just like, I don't need to do this. Like, <laughs> He's not going to play... He's not going to play I'm the Doctor or anything off Twins, so I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I'm a more um, Goodbye Bread. Mm, mm. That's I think that makes me like the fucking Nah fan for not liking that. The, the kind of obscure. I think Goodbye Bread probably has is probably his most accessible record. Yeah, and it's a good record. It's a good record, and I I wish I wish Ty Segal would just release a good record instead of five records which which harnessed within these five records within these five, I, f- I feel i feel like it's a, a fucking uh rick and morty guy fucking pit within these five morty morty within these five records morty ah oh, jeez rick what are you doing i'm gonna take these five times to call records morty i'm gonna i'm gonna, gonna, gonna put in the machine and we're gonna have we're gonna have eight good songs we're gonna have eight, eight good songs uh and maybe one acoustic cover one of one i don't know rick yeah well, that, Boy, that, we're really fucking 58 minutes of 50, 48 minutes of fucking being the dead horse. Yep. Well, that about did it for the program. Speaking of which, uh, this is the part of the show where we tell you where to find us online. I'm going to go ahead and take it this week. You can find me on Twitter and various other places as Video Crime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E, Laser Goose CEO on TikTok threads and instagram that was i was trying trying to do the math there brian where can they find you online to uh tell you how much your opinion on paris is bullshit <laughs> you can you can harass me on instagram blue sky mm. and twitter hey. at i shot board i'm currently on blue sky and i'm going to skeet out the two words <laughs> porn gif <laughs> there we go. Hoping for a Dean Norris size. <laughs> I've so far not really enjoyed Blue really? Sky. Yeah. I feel like it's a little quiet, not in a way that I find really interesting. It doesn't really. Some people are like, oh, it reminds me of early Twitter, and I'm like, was your early Twitter this boring? Yes, mine was. Because my voice is yeah. cracking. Um, <laughs> I'm on. Uh, hi, I'm. Uh, this is now Red Scare with. <laughs> Oh, Praxis. Praxis. So, where else can they find you online, Brian? <laughs> oh, if you want to check out my music Oh, God, don't do the voice, please. <laughs> you can go to assholemusicphotographer.com. And if you want to check out my photos and words, you can go to a- hey. com. <clears throat> 
fuck. Yeah, that's, that's, that's painful. Not good it's not a great way to live, folks. Not good for I don't even smoke and I sound like this. Imagine yeah. imagine if I had a casual two-pack a day. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be sounding like Tom Waits if you spam up like a chipmunk. <laughs> um, so... Asshole music photographer, amusicphotographer.com. Hey. I so. shot Giddy Board. That's I S H O T G Y D B O R D. Killing me, small. Ah, uh, if you want to send me the Daniel Pearl video set to DMX, <laughs> Brian at 48 minutes of dogs. Oh, we got the barking on there. Yeah, dot com. Dogs barking dot com. Okay, I didn't know um, when you read your URL if it's by the letter. <laughs> yeah, the pricing. It is, but I said, fuck it. Four, eight minutes. Fuck it, we deserve it, folks. That's right. Four, eight minutes, dogsmarket.com. Hog-looking boys from North County. Indeed. So that's also where you can find the show. If you ever have problems finding us on any podcast platform, that's where you go because that's where all the links are and all that. You can shoot me an email, jason at four, eight minutes, dogsmarket.com. Give us a call, 314-246-9766. That's 314-AHOY-POO if you like to spell with your telephone. Of course, as always, support the show, patreon.com slash 48minutesdogs. I did put up the very first episode, Joey's World Tour, is oh on Patreon. For patrons it? only, it is, uh, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's it, The early episodes where we're, we don't know what we're doing, we we're not no, in the same room. Nope, <laughs> we, had, we didn't know what was It really on. sounds like two people trying to do the world's worst World of Warcraft raid. It's not great. Uh, but it is funny, and there are some who's, great who's moments. Who's going to fucking heal? I'm taking over here. <laughs> yeah, there's some great moments in it. So, so definitely, if you're a super fan of the show, you you may want to invest in that. Who spec? Who spec their fucking elf for damage? <sighs> that was me. Okay, fucking look, poser. Yeah, but hate you people. Yes, I said you people. Yep. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we tell you uh, we're going to leave you with some music, and I think I'm going to do that very thing here with a, uh, a group that I had a lot of fun with over the past couple of years. A, a, a band that I felt languished in obscurity for way too long. It's a band called The Teeth, Brian. Oh, wow. I haven't the thought about Teeth them in a minute. From their album You're My Lover Now, this is the track that I always play for people called The Trumpets Blared. And that about does it for the program. As we always say at this time, namaste. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye. The 